Okay, let's start our discussion of this year's Parshas, Emor, Tav Shin, Ayin Gimel, as we stand here as the single Parsha amongst the many double Parshios, Parshas Emor, and hopefully at the end we'll have one thought related to Lagba Omer, which is coming up in a couple of days, uh, though tonight is Pesach Sheni, but uh, we're not going to focus on that, we'll wait till Parshas Baha'aloscha to focus on Pesach Sheni, but tonight let us focus on on the parsha, there are many, many mitzvahs in this week's parsha. We'll spend much of our time on parshas Hamoadim, which is Perak Chavdalid, Perak Gimel, in the <laughs> second half of parshas Emar. But let's first focus on one of the mitzvahs prior to the uh, parsha of the Moadim. So the Torah starts off with the discussion of Kohanim first, all the special mitzvahs Asay and Losa Asay that apply to the to the Kohanim, and then. In Perachav Beis, after speaking about the Karbanos for a little bit, the Torah gives us a couple of mitzvahs, we, which we happen to read on Yantif as well. This is the beginning of Parshas Lamoadim, but we add in a couple of extra psukim. And one of the mitzvahs is called Osova Es Beno. Osova Es Beno, the Torah tells us in Perachav Beis, Pasachav Ches, Veshar Oseh, Osova Es Beno, Losish Chatu Biyom Echad. A parent and offspring, child, are not allowed to be shechted, sack killed on the same day. Osov Espino. Does it apply to only the, the Rashi says, Nohi binikeva, sha'asur lishchot ha'im, vahaben ohabas. It applies to the mother, and with either offspring, a son or a daughter, a male or a female offspring, vedanohi bizacharim. Okay, that's one of the days in the Gemara. Even though it says Oso, we have a tradition that it means a mother and a child. Oso v'espino, afpino v'oso v'mashma, it doesn't matter what order. This is the halacha, and this is the araisa, which generally only applies to those of us who are in the shechita business. But what's the message of this mitzvah? Can we glean some type of ideas even for uh, the non-shochtim out there? So three ideas that we're going to learn tonight together. Two of them from the Sefer HaChinuch and one of them from the Yaznayim Latar. We're going to have a number of, of double thoughts tonight. We're going to have two Sefer HaChinuchs, two Tuxava Kabbalahs, two Yaznayim Latars, a couple of doubles. Okay, let's start off with the Sefer HaChinuch. Source number one. The Isra of Osov Esbino. Shalom Nishchot Behema Ubna Biyom Echad. Bein Bakadshim, Bein Bachulin. This Isra applies to your own animals or to Karbanos. Even in the world of Karbanos, where one might think, oh, it's two Karbanos, I can do whatever I want. No, the Isra applies even to Karbanos. Even to Karbanos or Chulet. Says the Chinuch, reason number one, behind Osova Esbeno. A person should think about and focus his heart. Ki hashgachas Hashem Baruchu al kol mine baalechayim bechlau. Hashem hashgacha is on every being, created being in the world. Ve'im hashgacha so alehem yiskaimu laolam. And through his hashgacha, through Hakadosh Baruch Hu's watching over them, they continue to exist. Ki hashgacha so bidvarim zeu kiyumam. If God would not look, not watch over, not be mashgiach on a certain type of animal, on a certain type of area of creation, then it would cease to exist. Hashgachaso bedvarim zehu kiyumam v'yalkein. 
And that is why, says the Chinuch, Lo yibatel min haminin legamre kol yimei olam. A species will not cease to exist for eternity. As I wrote back in Pasha's Tazriya, tells us the Sefer HaChinuch. I thought that he mentions two or three times in his commentary, in his Sefer HaMitzvos, there are two types of Hashgachos in the world. We're familiar with Hashgach HaPratis. On each individual, we believe and we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have a relationship with him. He is our father, he is our king. He watches over any, every one of his children, every one of his subjects. Hashgach HaPratis on every human being in the world. Says the Sefer HaChinuch, as many Rishonim believe, animals are not Zochet to Ashkacha Pratis. Animals have Ashkacha Klalis, have general Ashkacha. Hashem watches over the species. He does not watch over, there is no special connection between every lion and every giraffe and every squirrel or dog. They don't have that special connection to God. Because Baruch watches over the species. We don't know what, how Hashem categorizes the species. So one might say, oh, but this animal became extinct. But the answer to that is, HaKadosh Baruch knows which categories of animals fit where. And even if we might say, oh, this animal type is no longer with us, is extinct, it could be that there's another animal, or there is another animal that fits into the category which is not extinct. So we're not making God's categories. But there is Hashgacha Klawis, says the Chinuch. This is the message of Osova Espino. We don't cut off two generations at once. Because that would be as if we're trying to wipe out a, even more than just one individual, even, even though they're, they're for our benefit and there's a mitzvah to use all creations to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with and to keep healthy. But that's the message of the mitzvah. Let's keep reading. Hashem watches over the klal. Right, not every animal that, that jumps into the street, a Baruch Hu is not being mashgiach on those animals. As a hint to this idea that Hashem watches over the species, we have a halacha, not to shech, not to slaughter two generations of the same species. A parent, a mother, and a child in the same day. As a hint to this law, that's number one message of Oso the Espino. Right? Reminding us of Hashkacha Klawis of all animal kingdom in the world. Hashkacha Pratis regarding us. Yes, one has to figure out what are the Rishonim that believe in this do with various Chazals. There's a Chazal that says that a person, a blade of grass doesn't shake, doesn't wave in the wind below without the Xera from above saying that this blade of grass must, must shake. So there are chazals that seem to reflect that there's hashkacha pratis on every tiny little, every tiny little leaf rustling in the wind. But many Rishonim do take the chinuch's approach, and that is hashkacha pratis when it comes to people, and hashkacha klalos when it comes to animals. Number one. Number two says the sefer chinuch, line seventeen. Second idea of osove espino. Again, what we have to learn about because most of us are not working as shochtim. On a very basic, simple level, to teach us compassion, to teach us rachmanut. 
to distance brazenness, to distance achzarius from us. And therefore, even though we are allowed to partake of animals, Hashem wants us to, and many mitzvos have meat involved in them. Okay, it wasn't the original I wouldn't say plan, but it wasn't originally what was the reality in the world. Adam Arishon did not eat animals according to most Rishonim. Right? Oh, no, he got six mitzvahs. He didn't get Abraham and Achai. Right? Some Rishonim say he was allowed to eat animals if they died by themselves. He just wasn't allowed to kill them. But most Rishonim assume that he wasn't allowed to eat animals. That's true. But post, if we live in the post-mobile world, so now we are allowed to eat animals. Not only allowed, too many mitzvahs. So even though we have that allowance, says the Chinuch, there are some limits. There are some limits so that we learn and internalize certain messages. It's a parent and a child. Not the same day. Not the same day. It doesn't matter what order it's in. Just to teach us, not because of feelings for the child, for the, for the animal. That's not what the Chinuch says. The Chinuch says just for us. For us to learn that why, why can't I do this animal? Oh, Parent and child. I realize the love of a parent and a child. Uh, uh, a uh, mother and an offspring. Maybe that will teach me about the relationship between parents and children in the human realm. Maybe that will teach me thoughts about HaKadosh Baruch Hu being my parent. So as, lo- as much as we internalize that love and we become Rachmanim and distance ourselves from Achzarius, that is message number two to Osov Espino. And finally we have message number three. And that's from our first Azayim LaTorah for the evening. It says the Azayim LaTorah, a totally new way of looking at the Isra of Osos Vesbeno. We think it's one of those detailed, boring, quote-unquote, mitzvos in the parsha. He lights it up for us, Oso Vesbeno. He first points out that there's a, there's a plural lashon, as there are by a number of mitzvos. Vishor Ose, Oso Vesbeno, lo sishchatu biyom echad. Lo sishchat lo ne'emar, elo lo sishchatu. Milamed, the Gemara picks up on why the plural lashon, she'im shachat reuven es ha'im, v'achar kach shachat shimon es ha'ben, v'hisrubo loke. What does the Gemara say? The parent and child do not have to be shechted by the same person. If reuven shechts the mother, so then shimon cannot shech the offspring. There are even days, the Mishnahis describe, of the year that you have to ask the seller of the animals, if you buy one, did you, or the seller has to say whether they sold the mother or the offspring that day because you have to assume that it's Erev Yantif and you're going to shechte today. So we're, we're nervous about it. But, says the Gemara, based on the dub plural Lashon, doesn't have to be the same person. Whoever shechts the second animal, they're Chayiv Malkus. What do you see from there? So you might say, you see from there, that's the halacha. This is a uniquely Jewish idea that Reuven could do something on one side of the world and Shimon is affected by it on the other side of the world. It's wondrous. Reuven shechs his cow. That's what he does. Doesn't do anything wrong. He just does a regular neutral action. 
And the entire Jewish people are affected by this one man's shechita in his backyard in private. It affects me. It affects everybody. And if I don't listen and I act, then because of what he did, I'm getting Malchus. Adding to what I did also. Why should I care about what my friend did? He has his mitzvahs and averis to worry about, and I have my mitzvahs and averis to worry about. And yet, what is this halacha? That what he does, does affect me. Every Rebbe Yisrael out there could affect Kol Yisrael. Ula hefech. Bein aprat el aklal ula hefech. Shayeches kazos she'enena b'shar ha'umos. We don't find this by any other religion. That a person could do something privately in their own rishus and that can infect everybody. Yes, we find that people outside in public can be mashpia, the chevra. We're all influenced by who we're around. But here, I might not know the other person. I never met him. He's in a different town, a different part of the world. And what he does affects my actions. And I could even be punished. We have one neshama. Right? That's the, that's the basis for the principle of Yatsa Motsi. Even if I, did, if I was Yotze already, my mitzvah, I could still make the bracha for you and be Motzi you in a mitzvah if you need. We're all connected. We're different bodies. But we're all connected if we were looking at it from the vantage point of heaven. Wow. Says Rav Saratskin. And this is why throughout history, we have the idea that all the other nations of the world blame the entire Jewish nation for one person's actions. One Jew does something, one Jew violates and is on the front page of the newspaper. The entire state of Israel is to blame because we are one nation and we are one neshama. We might not realize it, but everybody else out there realizes it and HaKadosh Baruch Hu realizes it. And... If somebody does a shechita, asa aidei roshem al nishmas klai yisrael lechol prateha. That affects everybody else's neshama. Va'alehem lehimana. That's the message. Kol yisrael reim zelazeh. Where do we learn that from in Parshas Emar? Osove espino lo sishchatu biyom echad. Good. Okay, now we get into what we're really going to spend most of our time on tonight, and that is Parshas Hamoadim in Perach of Gimel. We've spoken in the past about the introductory Pasuk that includes Shabbos, Sheshus Yamim, the amazing Vilna Gon. I think we mentioned that last year. But let's go to Inyana de Yoma and Inyana de Parsha. And that is Svira Saomer. Torah tells us in Pasuk Tezvav, Perach of Gimel Pasuk Tezvav, as we know, the Parsha Samoadim appears, the Moadim appear in a few places in the Torah, but at length in three places. At length, we have Parshas Emor, and Parshas Pinchas, and Parshas Re'eh. Parshas Emor is introducing to us, the emphasis of Emor is Mikra Kodesh, 
What are the days that are Asur Bimalacha? That's what most of Amor is about. We have sprinkled in a couple of mitzvahs also. We'll talk later about Sukkot and Dalaminim are here. And we have Yom Kippur and Inui of Yom Kippur here. Interesting to figure out why only certain mitzvahs are mentioned here and not all the mitzvahs. Matzah is not here. Matzah is maybe just earlier, Parshas Bo. But either way, we have Perach of Gimel and Vayikra. Pinchas, the focus is the Karbanus Musaf all the special musafin that we bring, and Re'eh, the focus is on Aliyah L'Regel and some of the agricultural elements. So that is Parshas, the three Parshas of the Moadibs. This is the first one we get to. Says the Torah, Usvartem Lachem Mimacharat, I'm sorry, even before that, Kisavol Ha'ara, there's already no saying Lachem, when you come, Uketzartem Es Kitzira, Vahavesem Es Omer, Reishas Kitzirchem Alakohen, when you come to the land, you bring the Karbana Omer, as we know, brought on the second day of Pesach from the new grain, the new barley. The first barley comes, we cut it, and we're not allowed to uh, eat from the barley until the second day of Pesach when the Karban Omer is brought. The Omer Hashem And we wave the Omer. From the day after Shabbos, the controversial, maybe the two most controversial words in our, for sure in our parsha, but in much of the Torah, two of the most controversial words, as we know that Stukin picked up on that, Mimacharas HaShabbos, Yini Fenu HaKohen. The Kohen should wave it. And this is what you should do on the day that you wave. Keves Tamim Ben Shnasa Lola V'chulu. So first, we have two Ksavah Kabbalos coming up. As I said, a lot of twos tonight. Question one we asked last year as well. Why is the carbon HaOmer called the Omer? Omer is just a measurement. Right? So why is it called the Omer? Every carbon mincha made out of flour has a measurement. And only this one is called the measurement, the Omer. Last year, if you remember, we spoke to review about the Be'er Yosef's idea connecting it to the Mun. That the Mun is also the Omer. That's one idea. We're going to have a different idea from the Ksava Kabbalah. So question one, why is it called the Omer? Question two, what is the emphasis, and this we already discussed last week as well, the emphasis of Tznufa. Tznufa, the waving. And it's emphasized in the Psukim. The Heinefesa Omer. Even in Mishnayis, what's the second day of Pesach called? Yom Hanef. The day of the waving. So what's the emphasis of the, of the waving? The Tznufa. So why is it called Omer? And what's the emphasis of the, of the wave? So here we go. Says the Ksavah Kabbalah of Mecklenburg. The Hanifas Omer source number three. Ma'ale umorid molit humevi la'arbaruchos ha'olam. As we have spoken, all the directions. The Amraham Achabrim, Lefi, why? She'ain davar meirim lev b'nei adam umachtiam keshefa ravtov. There is nothing that acts as a, as strong a Yetzirah as a person who gains more assets. If I have, the more and more and more I have, it's harder to recognize that it's all from Hashem. If I hardly have anything and I get a little bit, this time I'm going to think I've got Baruch for it. But the more I have, it comes harder. Somebody gets, somebody can't afford it and after years and years, right, the first six, seven years of marriage, they don't have a car and they finally get a car in year eight. Wow. Kaddish Baruch thank you. This is amazing. If a family has two cars and they get a third car, right, oh, one of the kids is getting older, 
they don't really recognize the Kaddish Baruch Hu at that moment. You know, they recognize that they have another driver in the family so they need. The more we have, the less we recognize the Kaddish Baruch Hu. This is the way it is. Marben Achasim, we worry more. We don't focus on the Kaddish Baruch Hu more. So the greatest, right, the Gemara says in one way, in one sense, Osher is a greater challenge than Oni in terms of recognizing Hashem. Kama'amar, as the Pasuk says, Vayishman Yeshurun Vayivat. Yeshurun became fat and he rebelled. Lomar, Kochi, Votsem Like the Pasuk says in Sefer Dvarim, Loman Das. So therefore, Chazal knew this. Ulaman das kilashem aritzu meloa peros u peire peros vekalacha adam bam ayin kiakol havel to help us remember this fact that everything comes from Hashem exactly at the moment the first step that I am harvesting what grew right the first it's not chaga katsir but the first is right now pesach chagavim it's starting to sprout I cut the omen I cut the chadash. Right, I cut it, I'm going to bring it. Siva terem yenu mitruvas asada. Before I benefit. The terem yit amumilacham kaliva charmel. Yaviu me reaches a katsir ala kohen. I bring the first part to the kohen. Not the first part, at least the best part. And I am makravit before I can partake of everything else. Lahoros bazet to remind me. And to teach me kimimenu yisparach hakol. Just like the message of bikurim. Just like the message of all the firsts. We don't eat ourselves. This is part of that. Part of that framework that we have to give it to Hashem. And I wave it over and over again because that's the message. Everything is Hashem's. He is our master who gives us He fills the silos. Point number one, what's the emphasis of the Tnufa? As many point out, is to remember that Hashem's in charge. So remember that everything I have here, I'm about to start partaking of the whole new grain, the whole new Yavul that has been grown since last year, that has taken root. I recognize HaKadosh Baruch. So that answers one question. But now we get to the Omer. So what's the Omer? Why is it called the Omer? One might say, but just Derech Agav, that could be the same idea why we weigh the Lulav and the Dalin Minim, which remind us of what is growing out there, Chag HaAsif. When everything is full, we also do a Tznufa to remind us. So we have a Tznufa on Pesach, Shvuis. We have a Tznufa on Shvuis. We mentioned before the Kivseya, the Kivseya Atzeres. And we have a Tznufa on Sukkis, on every one of the holidays, maybe to remind us that there is an Adon. So why is it called Omer? So now he continues. Hine, very creative. Vehine, skip to where it's underlined. El kavanas hahishtabdus lemitzvosav. Kara minchazu b'shem Omer. In order to remind us that everything we have not only comes from him, capital H, but it's to use to serve him because we are his servants. And everything is just a clea, a means of getting close to him. That's why it's called Omer. What does that mean? Omer means servitude. Where does Omer mean servitude? Parshas Kiseitse. What does the Pasuk say in Kiseitse? The Pasuk says, If somebody's chas violates the Isra of kidnapping, 
If somebody kidnaps a fellow Jew, and he uses him, and he sells him, what does his amer mean? Uses. Rashi there in Dvarim. I kidnapped him and I put him to work. Omer means servitude. Working for you. That's where it comes from. What do we do? The Omer. We wave it. You are in charge. And we call it the Omer to remind ourselves that it's all about serving Hashem. Modim ba'omer atzufa shahatzlachas hazmanios these temporary successes enam latachlas atzmusan is not ultimately as an ends in itself kiim liosan emtsaiim hamivim al tachlas haamiti it's to bring to the ultimate tachlas lahachzikas yadinu lias pinuim lavodes Hashem in order to be able to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu this is all a means in order to get there omer milashem v'his amer bo umecharo. Seeing Chazav Kabbalah obviously had the entire Kol Kula by heart on his fingertips, and he put together these two these two words, and he continues. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says he connects it. To, that's why do we call it? Can Avis has another question which he answers. Why do we call it Sfirah Saomer? This time period, it's so exciting. Sfirah Saomer. Why don't we call it Sfirah Shtehalachem, which is what we're counting towards? Why don't we call it Sviras Kabbalah Satora? What's the emphasis of Omer? No, according to says the Ksavah Kabbalah, Tafel of is beautiful. Omer is about servitude. Every day of the 49, we focus on another aspect. We try to go up the ladder of Emur. Up the ladder of Emur. Maybe it's even connected to the Lashon of Ma'amer. On Shabbos gathering, we gather in all of our kochos and we and we try to try to use it. Line five on top. To be able to ready ourselves for the ultimate day of Kabbalah Santa Omer. These are Yemei Omer. These are days of Ishtabdus. And he quotes the German. Every day we have to count Omer, Omer, Omer. It's not just counting days. It's counting and reminding us that we have to make sure that we are preparing ourselves for that day. And then he even adds another element, another question answered. Why, and we'll have another answer to this question later, why don't we just start counting the first night of Pesach? Why the second night of Pesach? Just start the first night. That's when Pesach starts. You count from Pesach to Shavuos. Why is the mitzvah the following night? Says the Ksava HaKabbalah, if the message of Spirit Omer is to remind us that we are Avadim, we are Mishubadim, we are serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you don't need that the first night of Pesach. You have other mechanisms. You're eating matzah. You're sitting at a seder. Maror. We know there are other ways to achieve that goal. Line 28. You don't need it. You don't have to say anything. Look what we're doing. 
כי מייסא אכילס המצה יוכיח כבר על מחשבס טהרסנו לעבודוסו יסברך. It's already what we're doing. You don't have to start until the next night. And maybe, quoting some ideas that we've shown him, again, answering many questions, that's another reason why you don't say Shehechiyanu on Svir Saomer. We've quoted in the past other reasons. Rav Salvechik had an amazing reason. The Baal Amar, the end of Pesachim. But some Rishon him say, Oh, you're Yosef with the Shehechiyanu on Pesach. The question is, what do you mean, Pesach? You don't, you don't start counting until the second night. How can it be Yosef with Shehechiyanu the first night on a Daraisa level? So says Aksava Kabbalah, because really it did start the first night. You just don't need it the first night. You have another mechanism. You're doing Omer the first night too. Omer is about being in Eved Hashem, using everything to serve Him. So we do that through Matzah. So you can count that Shechianu. Again, it's not the Pshuto Shalat Varim, but this is the Ksava HaKabala. Why it's called Omer, why it's Nufa, why it starts on the second night, why don't we say a Shechianu? Four or five questions that are answered. Okay, once we have the Tzava Kabbalah open, so let's continue with the next piece. The next piece is just a small piece, a Ha'ara, that he has on a language, on one word used. But this small thought also helps us another approach to why the Torah uses such a misleading Lashon of Mimachra Sashabbos. Why we start counting from the day after Shabbos, as we know, Rashi quotes it, the Chazal, the Gemara Menachis, that means the day after the first day of Pesach. Why is the first day of Pesach called Shabbos? Right, famous question, and the Tzdukim took it literally. Meshachachma had an answer we mentioned a number of years ago. The Pazik says, Says the Ksava Kabbalah, maybe the answer is from the end of that Pazik. Sheva Shabbosos, Timimos Tiena. Seven Shabbosos. If you look later on, in Dvarim, in Perek Tezayin, in Re'ei, where this is also discussed, there it doesn't say Sheva Shabbosos. There it says, Tezayin Tes, Shiva Shavuos, Tisparlach. Me'achel chamish b'kamatachel bar Shiva Shavuos. Seven weeks. Why here Sheva Shabbosos? Shabbos means Shabbos. So why here? Shabbos also means a week, you're right, but why use the Russian of Sheva Shabbosos? Say Sheva Shavuos. And, and Vyasisa, and then what's the, 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 the Yantav called? Chag Shavuos. Lashem Alokecha. And then have Shavuos, says the Pasuk in Parshas Re'eh. So why here is it called Sheva Shabbosos? Says the Ksava HaKabal. Kan Karan Shabbosos. Ulahalon Karan Shavuos. Shiva Shavuos is Barlach. Venerali, Shenikru Shiva Shavuos Elab Shem Shabbosos. Why is it called Shabbosos? What does Shabbos always mean? Shabbos always has the same connotation. There's a Ksava Kabbalah in his in his Kedarko Bakodesh, always focusing on the specific terminology that was used. They say the greats of the 1800s focused so much on the Torah Shabbos Sav to make it alive right at the beginning of the, the reform movement that said the Torah is, is archaic and it's not Lamaisa, they went through the language, the Meshachachma, the Malbim, the Ksava Kabbalah, Rav Hirsch. They took the words of the Torah and made them so alive. So here the Meshachachma, the, the Ksava Kabbalah says, what's Shabbos? So Shabbos always means the same thing. In all of its usages in the Torah, what does Shabbos mean? Cessation. 
cessation, stopping. V'nir alisha nikru shiva shavuos elav b'im shem shabbosos kemok b'chol shabbosos hashana shenikru b'shem shabbos. What's the connection between these seven weeks and what we call Shabbos? Al shem ha'hefsik v'habitul mimalacha. The stopping of something, the holding back of something. That's what Shabbos means. Cessation of something. Kemo, like it says, by regarding Tishabav, Shavas Misos Libenu. Right? Shavas. What's Shavas? Right? The first kino we say on Tishabav. The first kino. We say Shavas. Everything stopped. Cessation. Kacha Nikru Shiva Shavuos Bashem Shabbosos. Why? Shabbos obviously is cessation from Allahha. Shabbos, in the context of Tishabav, Shabbos, Yerushalayim, the Beis Amigdash, boom, nothing, cessation, no avoda. What does it mean here? Ha'hefsik v'habitol milahavi mincha minachadash kalayamim ha'ela. As we know, on the second day of Pesach, when the Omer is brought, that allows me to partake of the Chadash, but only for personal benefit. In the Beis Amigdash, I cannot bring a carbon mincha from the Chadash until Shavuos. The shtehalechem on Shavuos, which is brought from the grape, from the wheat, that's what allows me to bring chadash new from the carbonos mincha from the from the new wheat from any any of the uh, any of the grains. But outside the base of Migdash, it's from Pesach. But in the base of Migdash, there's a withholding, there's a stoppage, there's a cessation. Even from the second day of Pesach, the day of the waving, that's only outside the Mikdash for personal benefit. As we know, that's the halacha. That's called the Mincha Chadasha. Why is that called Mincha Chadasha? What's Chadash? Because that's the first one that's brought from the new wheat. And then after that, all the covetous mincha can come. The Achmenchas Kenos, even a, let's say, an Isha Sota has to bring a carbon after Pesach before Shavuos. That's from barley. What do you mean? You already brought the first barley on Pesach. No? Lo Hokra, Lo Tikra, and Achadash called them Chagashvus. The Yashem, Habito, Bahamania, Hazos, Hanoi, the Mikdash, that's why it's called Sheva Shabbosos. What's being withheld? What's being withheld? The ability to bring the grain, the new grain as a carbon. That's why it's called Sheva Shabbosos. Shabbos always means something held back and something withheld. And that's why only in this parsha later on in Re'ei, it's not referring to this element in the Mikdash. We're talking about the Karbanos here. The Omer and the Shealechem are mentioned here in Emor. Says the, says the Ksava HaKabbalah. Why? So that's why it's called Shabbos all the weeks. But that's why also Mimachar is HaShabbos. The first day of Pesach is called Shabbos. Why? There's a cessation. Tashbisu Sa'or Mi We cease from eating chametz on that day. Okay, Arab Pesach. But that's the first day in in totality, the first 24-hour period that we don't eat chametz. When else, besides Yom Kippur, which is in its own category, do we have something that you can eat and all of a sudden, no, you can't eat. Yom Kippur, you can't eat anything. It's a different time. That's also called Shabbos Shabbosom. 
Right? Like, right, it's also called Shabbos, Shabbos. But that's why it's called Shabbos. Because the first day of Pesach is also a Shabbos. It's a cessation. Shahu al Shem Shvisas Hachamets. Tashbisu, there's the word. Tashbisu, uvayomarisha, tashbisu zomri batechem. Uvisiyumahachorkach. It could even say, right, the Torah, the tash, we understand on the first day, the Torah says tashbisus are, and we say, oh, that means Arab Pesach. But in a deeper sense, maybe the Torah is alluding to the fact that that tashbisu is also referring to day one, which is called Shabbos later on in the Torah. So even though we understand Tashbisu means Erev Pesach, but the Torah uses the Lashon of Bayom Rishon, so maybe it's alluding in a deeper sense to, to this idea of the first day of Pesach. So that's why it says Shabbosos for these weeks here and not just Shavuos, and that's why it's called Mimachros HaShabbos from the day after you have fulfilled the Shabbos of not having any Chavos. Okay. So that's a lot about Omer and Shavuos. And One other point. One other, one other message. Did page three and four get out of order? Or you have a well, page number six now. Up to number six. Sefer Hachinuch, second Sefer Hachinuch of the evening. This Sefer Hachinuch, I looked back. I couldn't believe we haven't done it yet. This is our fifth year of Parshas Mr. But we never did it, so we have to do it now. One of the major Sefer Hachinuchs in all of his commentary, and that's the Chinuch on Sfiris HaOmer. Again, this is the time period and the Parsha, so we're spending some time on this topic. Says the Sefer HaChinuch, let's ask it as a question. This is the only holiday that we count. We don't count towards Pesach. That's a pretty big holiday too. But we don't count towards Pesach. Shavuos uniquely. What does counting mean? What does counting reflect? This is a general question. Many say what he's going to say, but he's the source of much. And let me just add one other question before we see his words. Why do we count up and not down? On the question that many ask, we should say 49, 48, 47, 46. Why 1, 2, 3, 4? What do I think this mitzvah is based on? The mitzvah of Sevira Saomer. Lefi. Shekal ikaran shel Yisrael eno ela haTorah. As we know, the basis of everything in our lives is the Torah. As the Gemara says, that Rav Yosef said, without the Torah, without this day of Shavuos, kama Yosef ikavashuka. I'd just be another Joe in the street. That's where the language came from. Joe. His name was Rav Yosef. That's what he says. So kama Yosef ikavashuka. I'd just be another one. The Torah defines us. Umipnei haTorah nivru shemayim ba'aretz. And because of the goal of our living a life committed to Torah, that's why the world was created. And that is why we went out of Mitzrayim. Right? Not because that was the goal. It wasn't finished yet. You see, as Mitzrayim was step one. Right? That's why Atzeres, Shvuis, that's the Shmini Atzeres of Pesach. The Ramban in one line in this week's parsha. Uh, Categorizes and defines all svira as chalamoid. It's chalamoid because this is all we're not finished yet. The pinnacle of the yantif is going to be shvuis. That's why we were redeemed. So that we accept the Torah. Like Moshe, Hashem told to Moshe in his first meeting with him, back by the snap. This is how you know that I am sending you 
That's the goal, that you accept the Torah. Like we know Chazal say, Yom Hashishi. Hashishi Heisivan. Everything was held in abeyance and nothing was set until Beisal accepted the Torah. The whole world wasn't going to be complete and set until that. Line 14. Belachain. Yasa Hashem Lemoshe Os Bitesame Adus Lakabalas Torah. That's why Hashem gives that Os. Kihatafel Osinoso Os Olam El Haikar. This is all going towards that goal. If that is all true, which we don't have to prove, that the Torah is the basis of everything we do, and the commitment to the Torah, then obviously it makes sense that you can account towards it. Why? Because one always counts to what one is excited about. If you're looking forward to something, you count down the days. Or you count towards that day. I always found it interesting. This year doesn't work out so much. It's a little earlier. But generally, Svirus Omer is just about the time that children are counting down towards the last day of school. Usually works out at the same time period of the year, May and June. There's always two spheres going on. Two spheres. But why are they doing that? Because they're excited. We also happen to read Baha around that time too. Katina Kaborech Mivesa Sefer. That's also in, in um, that time of year. But, says the Sefer Chinuch, you always count to what you're excited for. People are getting married. Right? You count the days. We're getting married. The day, our anniversary. But it's not just our anniversary. It's our wedding day. It's both. It's our anniversary, but it happens every year. So we get remarried to our Baruch Hu every year. Yom Chasunaso says Matan Torah. Laharos benavshenu. Hachifetz hagadol el hayom anichvad anichzaf. Lilibenu. We count. Number one, so we remember. Number two, so that we show others how excited we are about it. Number three, it affects us. When we count, we're showing, I can't wait. Ke'eved yish'af tzel. Like an Evan who's going to go free. Somebody sitting in jail. How many more days do I have? That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're counting for. We're counting towards Kabbalah Satora. That's what we count. And therefore, also, answering our other question, the end of 27, the Alkane. Imagine if on the first day we would say there are 49 days left. Oh my, 49 days. That's so long. Oh, it's, we don't want to get, get depressed when we start the counting. We don't want to start with a big number. So we start with one, two, three. We start with the little numbers. We're excited about it. And then you're not going to stop in the middle. Well, you're going to go up and then you're going to go down even though it would make more sense to count down if you're excited about something. But, says the Zebra Chinuch, that's why, his suggestion, why we start with the low numbers. Al-Kain, lo nirtza lahazkir betchilas cheshbonenu ribuy hayomim sheyishlonu lahagiyah lokarben shteyalechem shalatzeres. You don't do that. V'yalyikshalecha lomar. And you shouldn't ask, im Kain, after we're counting down, lama lo nazkir miyut hayamim hanisharim. He says, first of all, well, you also, I skipped a line, you count from the Omer, and also you don't want to have such a big number, and then you don't want to st- skip in the switch in the middle. Okay. The im tishal, and then he says, im Kain, the question that Ksav Kabbalah asked before, lama anu maschilun osomimachar asashabis, v'lom yom rishon. Why do you start counting the first day of Pesach? 
Why the second day of Pesach? So we said before, because matzah covers. Same idea. Hatshuvah says the chinuch, no differently. Yitzias Mitzrayim deserves its own day. You don't want to, you don't want to mix there, even though it wasn't the final stage, it deserves its own day. And that's why during Magid, we don't go past Yitzias Mitzrayim. We even split Hallel in the middle. But say Yitzrayim Mitzrayim, stop. We don't talk about anything beyond. After the, after the Shulchan Arech, then we talk about Eliyahu Navi, we talk about the future, we talk about the Gula Hasida. Okay, wonderful. But Magid, Sibri Tzias Mitzrayim, that's Yitzias Mitzrayim. Says the Chinuch, you don't want to step on the toes of Zechir Yitzias Mitzrayim. So start the next night. Ki ayom arishon nisyachid kulo, lahas karas hanesa gadol, v'hu Yitzias Mitzrayim. Shehu osumo feis b'chidish ha'olam, you don't want to mix in other simcha with anything else. That's why you start counting on day two, and then we go. This is why there's counting. <laughs> this is why we start the second day. And this is the Sefer HaChinuch. It's a process. It's something that we're yearning for. We're going towards. We're looking forward to the wedding. Who else says this? This we've quoted in the past, but every other year we have to mention it. Uh, just as a Derek Agav, the Arachayim HaKadosh who says on this week's parsha on the parsha why seven? Seven days, seven weeks. So we mentioned in the past, seven is always a unit of tahara. Seven is always, tumas mes, seven days. Every time there's tahara, there's purity needed, a mitzorah, seven, seven sevens. Everything is seven. Says the Archaim HaKadosh. It's a tahalik, it's a process of purity, of tahara. Why? Says Arachayim, just like a woman counts seven clean days before she gets married, so too before our wedding, we count seven clean weeks before we're ready to be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, When we have to cleanse our, our neshama and make sure we're ready. Oh, weeks, days, but it's a whole nation. So you can understand that we got weeks and then we don't just have days. The Arachayim HaKadosh says it's a process. Just like the Sefer HaChinuch says, where we have to look forward and keep going and moving up and up. Okay, that's a lot about Shavuos. Let's move on now. Let's have one thought relating to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Says the Torah, <coughs> Rosh Hashanah, Zichron Shrua is mentioned here. We'll get back to that, Rosh Hashem. And then we have Yom Kippur. Ask the Aznayim LaTorah, second one of the evening. I said there'll be two of these thoughts. Says the Aznayim LaTorah. Why is it? Lama Samim Rak B'Yom HaKippurim. Velova Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a pretty serious day. Some Gaonim said that we have to fast on Rosh Hashanah. We don't paskin that way. We paskin that there's a chiv to eat. Why? It's Yom Adin. Pretty serious day. Why is the, if we could call it tshuva of Rosh Hashanah, it's the first two days of Aserah Simei tshuva, why is that with a meal and Yom Kippur is without a meal? V'yesh Lomar, he says on line 3. Shaha'adam alul l'chait b'shnei kibunim. There are two types of chata'im that we need to do tshuva on. Number one, b'deos nifsado shel kfira uminus. Thoughts of the mind. Thoughts of deos. Thoughts of when we didn't think like we were supposed to think. We didn't have a Kaddish Baruch Hu on our mind as much as we should have had him on our mind. That's what Rosh Hashanah is about. 
Ula Hamlichalov is a good sparkle ID chauffeur, Tfilos Umalchi is a chrono chauffeur to inculcate within ourselves that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Boreolam and he is the Melech Malchi Amlachim. And the best way to do that is to have a healthy body. I could think straight if I'm not starving. If I'm starving, then I'm focusing on my I'm going to be thinking about food. You know, don't overstuff yourself. Right? The Shulchan Aruch says we're not supposed to eat our fill on Rosh Hashanah. Eat enough that you're not hungry and then focus on Malchus. That's what Rosh Hashanah is about. Adarabah, Baguf, Barib, and Hashanah, Briah. Umi Yusheves, Kal Yosalav, Oledei Maskana. Rosh Hashanah is about our Machshavas. Yom Kippur, as you could guess, is about our Gufim. Is about our actions. It's about our bodies. Lehismaser, line 2019. How do we do tshuva for Averishab Guf of our bodies? By withholding all physical pleasure from our bodies. That's the only way to do it. That's why we have a Rosh Hashanah and that's why we have Yom Kippur. First we have Tshuva on the Machshavis and then we have Tshuvas on the, on the Guf. And that, by the way, answers, he doesn't quote it from Yisrael Salanter, but Yisrael Salanter has this question as many other Bali Musar do. Why does Rosh Hashanah come first before Yom Kippur? Wouldn't it be better to first have ourselves Cleansed on Yom Kippur and then have Yom Adin. Much better for us. We'll get Kapara, we'll get Tara, and then we'll have Rosh Hashanah. What do we have in Yom Adin before we have Yom Kippur? Many answers given to that question, but says the Rav Saraskin in the bottom, but according to my approach, it fits in. Kikodim called Saricha Adam Lachazeket First step is remember who God is. Focus on what Hashem means to you. He is the Melech. Once I have the proper recognition, then I can do proper tshuva with my body. I'm not going to do proper tshuva physically if I don't, if I don't have the deos nechonos properly in place. That's why Rosh Hashanah comes before Yom Kippur, suggests Rev Saratsky. That's our Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur thought. Then we have a Sukkis thought. And then we're going to try to squeeze it in. Sukkis Magadif and Lagba Omer. Three thoughts left. A Sukkis thought. This is a thought that many other achronim argue on, but it's a fascinating suggestion. And it's said here by one of the achronim quoted in Kamosi Shalorav, source number nine. If you look in the psukim, and it comes from the psukim, question that is, is bolate. After we have the section of sukkis, we have another section of sukkis. Only sukkis gets two mentions here in MR in Perak Chav Gimel. We have a Davar Shalom Shalimar, Davar Ben Yisrael Chaga Sukkah Shivas Yemim Hashem, by Yom Rishon Mikra Kodesh Vachulu, and then we have a summary: Ela Moadi Hashem Mikra Tikros Mikra Kodesh. This is it. These are all the Moadim. Besides Shabbos and beside uh, the the Matanos, the other Kabbalas you have to bring. Period. And then all of a sudden, Pasuk Lamates: Ach, Bachamish Also Yom Achodesh Ashvi, Baatvachem Tzvus Aris Tachogu, and then we mention the Dalad Minim. So, question one: Why do, why are there two parshios of Sukkos? Every other holiday gets only one parsha. Question two: Why are the Dalid Minim only mentioned in the second section of Sukkot and not in the first? And finally, a third question about one word. If you look in Pasuk Dalid in the first section of Sukkot, Taberel Bnei Yisrael Lemar Bachamisha Asar Yom Achodesh Hashvi'i Hazeh Chagasukah Shivas Yemim Lashem. This, Chalashvi Hazeh. 
Second section of Sukkot, where the Sukkah and Dalad Minim are mentioned. No So why are the why are the mitzvahs only mentioned in part two? Why are there two parshios bechlau? And why is there a hazeh in the first one and not in the second one? I think we might have mentioned this years ago in Parshas Pinchas in a different context. But suggest some achronim b'nei Yisrael, and this is quoted in Kamosi Shalarav, did not observe the mitzvahs of Sukkis in the Midbar. Didn't observe it. Why not? Why did they observe it? So one answer given, one answer given in source number 10, the Torah Tamima says, if you do the math of that first year, Pesach, B'nai Yisrael, we assume, went out, the first day of Pesach was a Thursday. So if you do the math, the following Sukkis is on a Shabbos. That's why, says the Torah Tamima, it's a hazeh. Hazeh gets no mitzvahs, because lulav, you didn't shake that first year, hazeh. It's only afterwards. That's the Torah Tamima's fascinating suggestion. And that's why he even adds, not here, but that's why in Emor, it's zichron trua, and only in Pinchas, you have yom trua, yelachem. Because show Rosh Hashanah also. Okay, that's the Torah Tamima, you work out the math. Suggest the Achron here in Kamoti Shalarav, maybe they didn't observe the mitzvos for a different reason. Why? Why do we sit in the sukkah? Zecher la'ananei hakavid. You know what? They didn't need a zecher to the ananei hakavid. They had the ananei hakavod. They didn't need sukkah. Line seventeen. And what are the Arbazaminim for? It's It's connected to the Tfua. Hakarazatov, a recognition, it all comes from Hashem. The Dalaminim are connected to the agriculture. They're getting the money. So maybe all the years of the midbar, Hakodesh Vyazeh, or at least the first year. That's why it says Hazeh first and not second. That's why the mitzvahs are only mentioned in the second parsha, not the first parsha. And that's why there are two sections. Again, this is not agreed upon by all, but this is an idea worth mentioning. Again, the Torah Tzimimah also requires elaboration. We don't have time to go through it all. Feel free. He talks about, he's bothered why there is a, there is a hint in the Torah for not blowing shofar on Shabbos. Right? Zichron Shrua. Right, there's no, where is the, where's the hint in the Torah for not, not shaking a lulav? He says, this is the hint. There's no hazeh in the second, in the second section. Good. Second to last thought for the evening, after the parsha of the Moadim, we have the section of the Megadeth. The one who blasphemed. One who blasphemed. Let's see the words of Rabbi Avram Shor, Halekek Vahalibu. What did he blaspheme about? What did he pick on? What did he pick on? Rashi quotes at the beginning of the section, a Pasekud, he was a malagleg. He went out and scoffed about what? Well, what was the previous section about? The previous section just spoke about the Lechem Aponim. Right after the Moadim, the Lechem Aponim, and then the Magadim. What did he say? Ligleg v'yomar. B'yom ha-Shabbos yarichenu. We know when did the Lechem Aponim switch every week? On Shabbos. It was there for a week, and they switched it every week to different mishmaros. Derech ha-melech lech ol paschama b'chol yom. 
Oh, Sheva Pasonenesh, Otisha Yamim. Says the Megadev. Oh, this is a great God. Does, do, do kings eat cold bread that, that are stale, that have been on the table for a week without Ziplocs? Or do they eat fresh hot bread right out of the oven? What a joke to lechem upon him. Look at this, old bread. That's what he was malag-like about. Ah, such a simple question. More people should ask it. Cesar Bavram, sure. We know, the Gemara tells us, that it was beneath, it stayed hot and fresh. So what was the malag, what was he talking about? It wasn't true. There was a nace. There was a nace that occurred that it stayed hot. What was the Magadik say? Oh, cold bread. What kind of king is this? It wasn't true what he was saying. How, well, where was he coming from? Why did, why did anybody believe him? How did he have any effect? Number one. Number two, out of all the things he could have picked, why the lechem upon him? Out of all the things, why that? So the Bible, I'm sure, quotes... Rebbe Miriminov. What is the word that Rashi uses to start off what he did? Milagleg. What is milagleg? A scoffer. A late, as he is described in other contexts. Late sonus. What is late sonus? And the Medrash says that late sonus is, and he quotes it at the end, late sonus was the Mida of Amalek. What's a late? What's a milagleg? Someone who scoffs. Someone who could take something unbelievable, amazing, even miraculous, and make it mundane and low and just ordinary. After all, that's what Amalek did. Right? After the amazing Makos and the amazing Kriyas Yamsuf, he was the one that attacked us. He cooled off. He made a cold for everybody. Right? Don't worry. There's no Ashkacha. That was Amalek. That's every scoffer. A rabbi could give an unbelievable sermon, an amazing sheer something, and then there could be one little comment of a scoffer, and it could ruin it for everybody, the moment of inspiration. Every teacher knows that feeling. It's like the needle in the balloon. That's what Amalek did. That's what the Magadev did. And you know what? Says Rav Avram Shor, with the koach of the Magadev, he could take something that's miraculous and and make it seem untrue. Say it's cold when it's not cold. It's hot and fresh. But that is the koach of scoffing, of late sonus, of not giving something the proper due. Why the lechem hapanim? Out of all the things he could have attacked? So Alech Avaliba quotes the Gemara in Maseches Menachas. The Gemara tells us that every Aliyah L'Regel, B'nai Yisrael saw the Kohen lifted up, Yisrael is not allowed to go into the Heichal, but they lifted up the Shulchan so that everybody could see the freshness, they could see the, the steam coming out of the Lechem upon him. And the Radvaz even writes in a Tshuva, we mentioned this a couple of years ago, Pasha Tetzaveh, that if the Yontif ended off on a weekday, Many people, most of the Jews stayed through Shabbos because they wanted to see the Lachman Panim again. They stayed. They wanted to see it. What's unique about that Nase? Explains Rav Avram Shur. All the other Nisim, there were many Nisim in the base of Migdash. But this one was done purely for the benefit of the human being. 
purely, there were others too, right? The and Pergiabas discusses. But who was affected by this? Just the Kohanim. They ate it. Kodesh Baruch Hu does a nace that shows his love for Am Yisrael. That's what the Malaglik was doing. That's what the Magadik was doing. He wanted to undermine this, this love. And that's, and that's why he had to be put to death. There's a lot more there, but that's the message. The message of not being a late, not being a scoff. One final point for the evening. Lagba Omer. I'm allowed to say that because tonight is not Lagba Omer. And uh, we're going to have a Marv in a couple of minutes. But Lagba Omer, as we know, is this Sunday. There are different ideas of the Achronim, how exactly one is to, quote-unquote, celebrate Lagba Omer, the yard side of the Rashbi, the yard side of the Ramah, much uh, mysticism relating to, to Lagba Omer. Some say, go to Meiron. The Chassam Sofer was against going to Meiron. But we're going to focus on one thought of Torah. So everybody could agree that what we're going to do is okay. What amazing, it's, a, it's just a chap. It's just a chap, which is put together in the Elohim uh, Moadai, three sheetas of Reb Shimon. We know Reb Shimon in Shas. When it just says Reb Shimon, it means Reb Shimon by Yochai. If you put three Reb Shimons together, you understand his sheeta. Reb Shimon number one, Sukkah Memhei, the top line, Amr Chizki, Amr Biyam Yom Yishim, Reb Shimon by Yochai. Reb Shimon says, I have a way to say that everybody in the world is putter. I have a way to save the entire Jewish people from being judged. I have a way. That's his statement in Mesech HaSukkah. Statement number two. Shabbos Sadi Beis. Machlokes, a halachic machlokes. Shnayim sha'asa'uhu. On Shabbos, we know if two people do an act, a malacha, patur. Unless it was too heavy, if we're carrying a heavy couch and I can't carry it out myself, shnayim sha'asa'uhu, ze'ino yachol, ze'ino yachol, they can't do it separately. So, we paskin then chayev. Reb Shimon poter. Reb Shimon says, no matter what, two people that do a malacha together, that's not called a malacha, and your potter. That's Rav Shimon number two. I could potter the whole world. Shnaim Shasa'u is always potter. Rav Shimon number three. It's in the Mechilta of Rav Shimon by Yachai. It also is in the Gemara. But he quotes it here from the Mechilta of Rashbi because that's what we need it to be from for this thought. Mashal Madar Adome. A mashal is given. Lamelech Basar Vadam, line 12. There was a king that had an orchard, Shahilo Pardes, and he had beautiful trees, and he needed somebody to watch the trees so that nobody took off the fruit. So he put two of his guards, two guards in the, in the orchard. One of them was lame. One of them was lame, he couldn't, he couldn't walk. And the other one was blind. A chiger and a suma. And he put them, he says, watch my, watch my field. So it goes away, the master, the chiger says to the suma, says, wow, I see gorgeous fruit, but I can't get there. The Summa says, I can't see a thing, but I could get there. So what happens? The Chiger goes on the Summa's shoulders. The lame goes on the blind person's shoulders. He tells him where to go. He carries him to the fruit trees. They take the fruit down. Wonderful, they enjoy the fruit. Comes the owner, and the owner says, what is going on here? What's going on? Somebody ate my fruit. The lame person says, well, I, I can't move. I don't know way I could get it. And the blind person says, I know what you're talking about. I can't see a thing. So you can't, we're not at fault. 
So the king says, the master says, okay, Chiger, go on top of the Sumer's shoulders. I'll judge you together. Because that's what you did. He knew what happened. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to come to judge us. Our goof is going to say, I did anything? I'm just a corpse. I'm a nothing. I don't have anything. I can't move. I don't have any chiyos in me. I don't have life. Our neshama is going to say, I did anything wrong. I'm just a neshama. I'm not involved in the world. I'm a malach. I'm a neshama. I'm a, I'm a chilek from the, from the kisei ha-kavid, from chilek ha-kami mal. I'm a nothing. What did I do? What's the Kodesh Baruch going to do? He's going to take the neshama, put it into our goof, and say, okay, now I'm going to judge you together. That's the Gemara. Rav Shivit Bayochai. Shnayim Shasa'uhu Pturin. Two people, two forces that do something together is always potter. Yacholani liftar as kola olam kula minadin. I could potter the whole world. Because I hold Shnayim Shasu as potter, and the only way we're going to be chayiv was the guf and the neshama together. Or Shumabayachai. Zhuso yagin aleinu. That's the, the message of Shumabayachai defending Kla Yisrael. Shubizocha to all the giluyim. Of Torah Shebechsa, of Torah Shebalpeh, Nigla, Nistar, all the different levels of, of Pardes to a true Kabbalah Satorah as we head towards um, the day of Kabbalah Satorah. Okay, so next week, hopefully we'll be back to Wednesday. Back to Wednesday. And again, also I just want to say again, out there in the, uh, the OU world, thank you all those who have participated already in our, uh, our campaign to build our Mikdash Ma'at here in Eretz Yisrael. Those of you who want to still participate, feel free. We'd love to have your participation. Please go to our website, uh, nofehashemesh.com or .org, and um, join us.